This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. It's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind, you better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack, you better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Purple Pants Podcast, episode 139, Space and Time. I serve as your humble and oh, so gracious host, Bryce Isaiah, and I thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you could be so kind, and please make sure you are subscribed to the Purple Pants Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever it is that you get your podcasts from. We are there to subscribe, write a review, and give your baby boy some five stars. What it do, Purple Pants Posse? How has everyone been doing? It's been a little chilly out here. So make sure you is buckled up. Not buckled up. You're bundled up. Because listen, Mother Nature out here playing these games. We didn't have a snowstorm. From a snowstorm, then child, it was like 50 degrees, then it was raining. So listen, it was a lot of a lot of a lot. Baby boy was on the go this week. You guys know last week I went to D.C. to head over to support my girl, Aza, as she hosted a celebrity Big Brother watch party. Shout out to all the Purple Pants posse that was in the building coming up to me saying hello. And child, when y'all meet me, I be like so nervous to meet y'all because y'all like I listen to you every week and I'm like oh my god like I like I I feel that energy so I I love it and I love the amazing people that I met in DC it was a great time now I'd be lying if I said I really watched a lot of the episode there because just saying hello uh meeting people seeing people like Isaiah from the RHAP family was in the building Lance was in the building it was just like a lot of people that I love the fact that just from going to these events and be like you know you become friends with these people so it was so much fun you know the cookout was in the building Derek Tiffany um Aza Shan was in the building Davey was in the building child let me just say Davey 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 Davey
is Davey. Let me, I'm like, now I'm, now listen, y'all know Davey is a loyal member of the Purple Pants Posse. So I know Davey is probably listening to this, being like, oh, what Bray's about to say. But all I will say is that I just love me some Davey. Davey is a true character. And I can say, like, over the last, couple of years that I have gotten to know Davey. It is just so much fun to see Davey live his best life. And also, y'all know, I don't let nothing slide by me, okay? So I'm gonna just leave it at that. Davey is hilarious. I, child, listen, Davey was up in there, okay? He had his shirt unbuttoned to tackle me out. I said, what in the Rico Suave is going on? Davey had a scarf on all night. No coat. Just the scarf. Okay, listen. Davey. But Davey is such a good time. Shout out to Davey. Um, yeah, it was a, a great little weekend. Um, you know, then Chow got back to Philly. Derek was like, Bryce, come out. Come out with me. I'm like, oh, child, I don't want to go out. I just want to stay in my house. But I also recognize that y'all know this is the time of the year where sometimes I go into my cocoon. And so I... Was like, ugh, I don't want to go out, but I like, you know, so child, Derek, Big D got me out, and I'm like, we're going to keep it cute, child, we're going to keep it cute. Wake up the next day, I'm up on there cutting up. But it was uh, just good to get out and um, just have some fun and, and try to be, you know, safely, but trying to, you know, just let your hair down a little bit. So uh, I am really excited for this week's episode. So let me give y'all the rundown of the rundown. We've got our church announcements this week. Of course, you know, I'm back recapping episode five of Euphoria, Stand Like a Hummingbird. And then it is a casualty episode. So the baby boy, Aman, is back with us. And listen, we are pouring our thoughts into all of the hot topics that are going on this week. Okay, we are talking Whoopi Goldberg. Ooh, chow. We are talking Cardi B and Tasha K. We're talking Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. That mess. We're talking... Rihanna and ASAP Rocky. We're talking drug abuse resistance education coming for dare. And you know, Aman is giving us the tea on the celebrity big brother. Barb is here for a special edition of Barb's message. And you know, I got the freak of the week, but you know, this month I am trying to highlight some lesser known. Very important black figures among our history. So I've got that. So listen, it's a juicy, 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 juicy episode. So listen, get your cup ready because I'm getting ready to pour into y'all. Let's get these church announcements popping. On this week's church announcements, y'all know I try to like reflect, be real. And uh, the title of this podcast is Space and Time. And I wanted to reflect on, you know, your baby boy is always on a road to a better Bryce. And some days I have my good days. Some days I have my bad days. Some days I have days where I don't feel confident. Some days I have days where I don't feel worthy. And, you know, sometimes I feel like, We've got friends, relationships, different things uh, that go on in our life. And 
Sometimes we don't like certain things that people do and maybe we don't address it right away. And then uh, when you hold on to stuff and something happens and then when you like unleash everything, then people are like, well, where is this coming from? Like, I like, you know, I never heard this before. And I just, you know, it's okay to feel how you feel. And I feel like a lot of the times we get caught up on maybe our thought process on something. It might hurt somebody else's feelings or somebody might like that. And it then causes us to kind of like reflect on ourselves like we're doing something wrong. And I know that might have been <laughs> kind of hard to follow because it was kind of hard for me to say. But I also just really wanted to say that. Hold tight to your feelings about the things that bother you or the things that upset you. And, you know, if you do decide to share that truth, um, it's okay. It's okay to let that person know. And it's okay to hear what that person says. Um, And at times you kind of come to a place where you agree to disagree. And that's okay. And I feel like it's always important to put yourself first, put your mental health first and put the things that serve you best first and go with your instincts, go with your gut. If something makes you feel a type way, that's your body telling you something. Now, what the meaning of that is, I don't know how you go about handling that. You know, you should be delicate and sensitive to it especially if it has other people's feelings in it uh but i just wanted this church announcement to just say like you know make sure you're putting yourself first and putting your feelings first a lot of the times we ignore our feelings and we don't put them to the forefront and again i know you're like well what does this have to do with space and time i truly believe that like space and time is the healing for a lot of different things. Sometimes friendships need space and time. Sometimes you just need space and time to yourself to collect your feelings. Sometimes friendships, relationships, jobs, coworkers, you need space and time. And that's okay. And I just, I, I know y'all like, but it, it's a, a real situation that's going on in my life. And I, what I took away from it is that Sometimes space and time is okay. It's not a bad thing. Don't mean you love somebody less. Don't mean like, you know, no negative energy. But sometimes it's space and time. It's a man who is a man you be potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. It's a man who is a man you be potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. And your baby boy is back to cover yet again another episode of season two of euphoria episode five stand still like a hummingbird and ooh, baby this episode of euphoria was so triggering to my childhood and i can get into that but we are starting to get i feel like in the character development episodes you know because last week's episode was all about you know who dare i say nate's daddy and this week's episode stand still like a hummingbird is all about rue and baby it is not a good look for our sister rue the episode begins 
with Rue's mother confronting Rue. Not really confronting Rue, but really telling Rue, I know the tea. You're back on that stuff again. And Rue starts to blame the sister. The sister is in the room crying. And I can relate to the sister in this episode so much in the sense that you want to be there for your older sibling, but you don't want them to hurt themselves and you feel stuck in a hard place because you want to give your mom the tea, but you also want to protect your sibling, but you also don't want your sibling to die or do something uh, really, 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 really bad. So Rue's mom is confronting her and she is saying, like, I know you want to stuff. Rue is then going to her sister like, I can't believe it. You told me you told mom you told mom. And when I say Rue goes ballistic to the point where she is almost getting into a physical altercation with her mom, her mom stands strong and say, I am not scared of you. And Rue is continuing to go on like, like, I'll take a drug test. I'll take a drug test. I'm not. You don't have proof. I'm not on drugs. And baby, the mom drops the ball. She says, well, listen, baby, I know because Jules told me. And at that moment, Rue is frozen because she's like, oh, shit. how does Jules know? And if Jules know, then, and you know, then. Rue is like, oh my God, the suitcase. So Rue starts scrummaging through her room. The suitcase is gone. She begins to get violent. And let me just say this. This episode was hard for me to watch in so many episodes because I wanted to jump through the screen, excuse my language, and put a beating on Rue's ass, okay? Because Rue needed an ass whooping this episode, okay? Rue needed a belt to that behind because, ooh, she was acting out, acting out, kicking down doors, Going through the house, knocking stuff. Oh, baby, 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 baby. If that was Barb, now, child, I know y'all used to Barb's messages, but who, Barbara would have came on out as Jules is being threatening. Then she goes and starts crying, and it's like, I'm sorry, mom. I'm sorry, mom. I didn't mean to do it. I'm sorry. You don't know. It's not mine. It's not mine. It's not mine. You know, this glimmer of hope um, and this cycle that you tend to see with addicts uh, of these extreme highs, extreme lows, plays on your heart string. I've seen it firsthand with my brother. So it is just definitely was a, a triggering episode for me, to say the least. Um, Rue then gets aggressive again and she's like, where are the drugs? You don't understand. And then we hear a voice that says we flushed them down the toilet and Rue is stops at her tracks again because that wasn't her mom voice. It wasn't her sister voice. It was giving Jules's voice. So Jules is here. Then the mom pokes her head out the bedroom and this goes, oh, don't be embarrassed now. That's your girlfriend and heard everything. Rue walks out to the living room to find Jules and Elliot. And child, Rue loses it. She accuses Elliot of being an addict. So how can you trust him? She tells Jules that she's the worst thing that ever happened to her. And that Jules sucks the love out of everyone. 
and that Jules only likes to be loved. And do you know how draining that is? And Jules just sits there and continues to tell Rue that she loves her and that she loves her. And Rue was like, if you want to love me, stay away from me. You left me at the worst point of my life. You left. What type of friend does that? And so she really puts a tongue lashing on to Jules. Then Rue retreats to her bedroom. Her mom then is, you know, doing the motherly thing. And it's like, let's go to the emergency room. You're going to be withdrawing and, you know, withdrawing from opioids can be deadly. Like, you know, you need to withdraw in a hospital setting. Elliot says that he shouldn't have said anything. He liked the Rue that he met. He leaves. Jules uh, leaves as well. And Jules's mom convinces her to go to the ER. The sister's packing a bag. They in the car. And again, Rue is kind of going through the ups and the downs of like, you know, I don't really like you. I don't really want to go to the hospital. Jules says that she often uh, thinks of dying and that you know she sees the water in the sand and she just oftentimes just wants to kind of let go Rue's mom to her again is like listen we're on our way to rehab so like you know just hold on Rue like rehab you said the ER the mom is like it's the same thing bang bang Jules jumps out of the car almost gets hit and it is on, it's giving Jay-Z and Beyonce on the run tour too, because Jules is on the run. She goes to Fesco's house and he ain't there. The withdrawal symptoms are clearly starting to kick in. We see Jules throughout the day, you know, waking up in this alley. And uh, that's when she goes to Fesco's house. Fesco isn't there because he busy with me. Don't be popping up at my man house, Rue. Okay, we busy. So she then goes to uh, Cassie's house and surprise, everybody's there. Cassie, Angel, Cassie's sister, Maddie, Maddie's mom. Rue looks terrible. Like she looks like she's going through withdrawal. And child, the mom is like, hey, Rue, how are you? You're still clean. You don't look so good. Rue's like, I think I got a cold. The mom like, well, listen, stay away from me. Rue's like, can I go use your bathroom? I got to go to the bathroom. She goes to the bathroom. She is rummaging through the bathroom, looking for pills, giving very much attic vibes. And again, when I say this episode is so triggering, it's just like a remind, like, I feel like I am getting to see the side of like my brother that died that I like, I didn't get to see all of this, but like, you know, there were times that he was stealing. There were like, you know, just a lot of things in the house would go missing money, clothing items. And I feel like, you know, seeing Rue in the state was really like, Oh my God, was that what my brother Bevan was going through? Um, so Jules is rummaging through uh, the mom bathroom. She finds some earrings. She steals them. She come downstairs and boom, boom, boom. The mom is there and everybody is just standing there looking. Maddie, Cassie, Cassie's sister, Angel, uh, Cassie, mom, Rue's mom. And they are really trying to convince Rue. Come on, girl. Come back to the hospital. Go to the hospital with us. Go to the hospital. Go to the hospital. Child, here come Cassie walking out. And Rue's like, I can't be sober forever. Like, I don't want that. And Cassie, very... I don't know whether or not if she knew what she was saying, but she says, like, you don't have to do that, Rue. Just take it one day at a time. 
And clearly in that moment, like, girl, ain't nobody trying to hear that. And so as Rue is going through withdrawal, baby, she got time. She says, Cassie, let me ask you something, sister girl. How long have you been effing Oh, 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 yes. Rue go there with Maddie right there. And Cassie like, <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? Rue like, well, girl, I didn't seen she get picked up in the car by Nate. Y'all left off kissing. And child, here come Maddie. Maddie like, wait, what is she talking about? You, you effing my boyfriend? You effing my boyfriend? Now, mind you, the mom is like, ladies, we're kind of having an intervention right now. Uh, can y'all table this or go somewhere else? Now, if y'all been watching this, uh, these seasons, you know Maddie has zero Fs to give. And so Maddie is continually pushing up on Cassie like what's the tea because it's about to get physical you effing my man child she's like how long has this been going on Cassie doesn't answer now mind you the whole thing is like just supposed to be an intervention for Rue and trying to get her to the ER Maddie like Rue how long has this been going on Rue says since New Year's child Cassie starts crying going upstairs and <laughs> baby you think Maddie gonna let her slide Maddie runs up the steps after her. This big commotion. Rue is able to escape. Okay, so she's running through the streets again. The mom's still looking for her. You know, Rue happens to be walking in the streets. This couple is leaving out of their home. Rue turns back and looks at the camera and goes, Ciao. Rue rummages through this home. Child, she's finding jewelry. She's finding money. Child, she petting a dog. As she's breaking into the safe, there's a gun there. She takes the money. Then the people come home. Rue hides under the bed. The lady, the owner of the home, goes into the bathroom to take her jewelry off. She realizes some jewelry is missing. She calls her baby like, I think somebody robbed us. Get the gun. Rue under the bed. Next to the gun, the dad or the boyfriend, whatever, goes to the safe. He see Rue. She runs out the house. Okay, child. First of all, she getting away with a lot of ish. Okay, because listen, ain't, ain't no way I'm in my house and I see you under my bed and you getting away from my house. Okay, that's just me. So Rue was yet again, Jay-Z and Beyonce on the run tour. Okay, she on the run. She and still going through withdrawal, like very visibly going through withdrawal. She's standing on the corner, contemplating where to go, looking very sick. She sees a police car walk by. Now, we don't know if the police car is responding to the robbery that just took place, but she visibly does not look well. The police roll down his window and says, young lady, everything okay? Rue's like, I, I'm fine. He's like, what? Well, where are you headed? Rue's like, home. The guy's like, what? She's like, home. He's like, I can't hear you. Then she starts to throw up because she's still going through withdrawal. She then, um, now mind you, y'all, I made a little mistake. Okay. No, did I? Uh, so before she robbed the people, so everything I just said, she goes back to Fesco's house. Fesco there. She like, I need some Fesco. Like, I don't keep no narcotics at the crib. You know, I'll, you know, I'll do that. She like, can I use the bathroom? She used the bathroom. And we know from last season, Rue like stole medication from 
Nate's grandma. So she's in the bathroom. She leaves the bathroom, tries to sneak medication from the grandma. Fresco catches her as he should, physically removes her from the home. When she leaves Fesco's home, that's when she goes and robs the other home. Okay, just so y'all know, chain of events. Got a little excited. So after she robs the home, she's standing on the corner. Police saying, what you doing? She's saying on her way home. She throws up. The police are like, they're like, okay, they, now they have to intervene. Shall she go on the run? When I mean the run, she goes on the run. We are going down an alley. We're going up a wall. We're going through a garage. We breaking through a party. We going over a fence. We jumping down over a pool. We smashing the table. We passing somebody painting in their garage. All the meanwhile, the police is after her. We just going through these alley after alley after alley. She almost caught. She gets to the end of the driveway, a major intersection. She stops. She says, God, please don't let me die. She runs through the intersection. Er, stop, car, oops, car, er, stop, er, car, car accident. The police call for more backup. She's over the fence. She's running through the alleyway. She's jumping on top of cars. She's in the parking lot, okay? We then see the cops are scattered around. The cops are saying, listen, I'm calling it a day. I'm calling it a day. And the camera zooms in on a trash can. Rue is in the trash can. She gets out. And where does she go? She goes to the plugs house. This old lady that's selling the drugs or the suitcase that Rue on her $10,000. Okay. She go to her house. Clearly desperate. Okay. Went to her friend's house. Went to Fesco's house. Now you're going to the plugs house who you owe money to. Like, girl, it's getting bad out here for you, Rue. Whew. Okay, she get there. This old lady is like <laughs> a very interesting old lady, to say the least. She talks like this and like her expression never changes. Like, wow, Rue, I wish you would have came and told me. Rue's like, I didn't want you to get mad. She's like, I don't think I've ever gotten mad in my whole life. Well, wait, no, never got mad. Nope. Just a very interesting plug drug dealer type situation. Rue is like, well, listen, I've got about $1,000 worth of jewelry, puts it on her pocket, puts it on the table. She got $2,000 in cash. The lady's like, well, Rue, I'm, I'm glad that you told me. Well, you lied to me. You said that you were clean, but I'm going to need actually the money in cash and not jewelry. This isn't a pawn shop. Rue is clearly going through withdrawal. The lady's like, I, and Rue's like, do you have anything I can take? The lady's like, I don't. She was like, I wish you would have came earlier in the week, had a shipment, but I don't. She's like, the only thing I have is morphine. Rue's like, I'll take it. The lady is like, well, it's actually like IV. And I don't think that you do IV. And Rue's like, no. Uh, Rue gets sick. She throws up. The lady is like, oh, my God, you poor kid. So she like gets Rue in a bath and is like helping Rue. And she actually gets some of the morphine. And Rue's like, do you have anything? And she's like, well, I have this. Do you want it? So Rue says yes. So she injects Rue with morphine. And we get this common thread again. Like last week at the episode when she got home after Elliot and Jules dropped her off. And she took all of that, uh, them pills. And she went into this euphoria state. And she was at a church. This week when she gets the morphine is in in. When she gets the morphine and is in the bathtub, she kind of like dozes off and she seems to be at her father's memorial. Uh, noticing the theme here, last time I was at a church and her dad was there. Now it's like um, she is at the memorial of her father. 
She is saying what she said uh, at the memorial. Like, you know, he said he would never leave her. And that one of the last things that he said to her was like, I'll always be there with you. And if you ever need me, just close your eyes. Rue wakes up. Child, the, the lady had put her in the bed. Now, being as though Rue owed this lady $10,000, she show up randomly to her door asking for drugs coming with jewelry, stolen jewelry and stolen money. The drug dealer lady, the plug, is actually relatively nice. She puts Rue in the bed. Rue is like, mind you, and it, it is given very much like a beach house from the 1970s. Very floral, very like, you know, Rue wakes up, she tries to open the window to get out. She can't. So she's creeping through the house and it is the audacity for me of Rue that She's in the lady house. Now, mind you, if y'all remember the first episode when they came to this house with Fesco, that other guy and that other girl, and they had to get naked. Uh, she had like two, I don't know if they're her sons, but they were there. So she wakes up and then one's on the couch, one's in the other room. And Ch- Rue tried to break into the closet where the lady keep all the drugs at. And it's like, Rue, the audacity, girl. Like, what, like, chow. And so for me, it's like, oh, my God, team too much. But I really like you really get the sense of when somebody is dealing with addiction and and they are going through withdrawal and they are looking for that next hit, that next high. You really see the ends of which that they will go to. And for me, like I said, very triggering um, in the sense of like, you know, my late brother towards the end. And we did not necessarily know what was going on, although the signs uh, looking back were there. And there was a point in time where some of my siblings were were mad at him because like he was essentially like coming to our house and doing what Rue was doing. Um, smiling in our faces like everything is good, you know, having full access to the home and essentially like stealing from us. And so just seeing that in this episode with Rue kind of gave me such a different perspective of in the sense of like, you know, the empathy in my heart to be like, oh, my God, like you, you see the the desperateness of Rue. You see the the fact that somebody showing her a kind hand, even though it is the drug dealer lady, she owe her money, but yet the drug dealer lady cares for her, takes her in her house, puts her up, and Rue wakes up and still tries to steal. Like, for me, that just really kind of like, just let me know the mindset of which my brother probably was in. And we clearly see this in Rue. Like, we know Rue isn't this type of person, but she is here. She's going through withdrawal. And so, Rue tried to break into multiple closets then she climbs out a window jumps down and is back on the street and it flashes to Rue's mom clearly up because what mother is going to go to sleep when they know their child is withdrawing and on the street anything can happen Rue's mom is sitting up in the chair it looks like we hear a door open and the mom says Rue and in very euphoria fashion the credits roll listen Love, 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 love euphoria. It is, uh, takes you on a roller coaster of rides. And it, you know, it's just an amazing show. I enjoy it. Let me know what you thought. You know, my recaps be right after I watch it. I press pause and I run into my podcasting room and I give you the tea. I'll be back next week for episode six of Euphoria.
Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. week with your casualty arguably one of the purple pants podcast favorite segments and of course i've had to call my good friend my philly armor mater (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if that actually goes but i felt like you know i felt like it i felt like rolling with it welcome back to the podcast of mine baby boy what's Popping. Yay! Back, back, back again for some more casualty. Definitely lots of stuff has happened oh. uh, since the last time we spoke. So oh. I'm excited to be back Ooh. and to, uh, to, to get into all of this, to escape the world of reality television for the moment, for the, for the moment oh, being. Shit. Listen, don't, don't be pooping your pants out here, okay? <laughs> I still cannot believe that. It's crazy. Yes, but what have you been up to since the last time we talked? Anything delicious going on in your world? I have been trying to start off my new year with a good, you know, good, good uh, scheduling. I've been hitting the gym again, oh. finally. I've been like, I bought myself a planner oh. so that I could actually map out my, my months and weeks so that I stopped double booking myself because that's the huge problem that I have is I always double book myself. Um, uh, for dates or for like work stuff? Just like everything. Like just like work and uh, uh, podcasts and fun. Not dates. I'm not dating anybody. <laughs> but just stuff like that. Like my life just gets super, super messy and it's because I don't think and plan before I say yes to things. 
So what were you doing prior to that? You were just saying like, okay, we could do it on Thursday. I was just keeping like a mental log of everything in my brain. And (laughs) for the most part, yeah, it's, I mean, you know, it it can work. But a lot of the time I find myself saying yes to something. And then I said yes to that like three weeks ago and something else comes up and I say yes to that. I'm like, oh shit, I forgot I said something, already had something planned. So I just have to start like, I I think that like actually having the planner and having like a physical representation of my schedule has really helped. So have you ever heard of like, you have an iPhone, right? (laughs) Yes, I have an iPhone. But I like to compartmentalize it because I feel like I use my phone for so much that I don't know. It's I, I feel like sitting down and writing it into something that I can look at every day and go over the week is so much better than having my phone because you use your phone for everything and sometimes you just need to put your phone down for a second and just do things the old-fashioned way you know i um i'm not mad at that i uh i like that a lot i agree um because jada use my phone for everything but yeah i um i think maybe like well every year i always go to like a, a marshall's or a ross and uh i get a a nice little like colorful little planner um, that kind of like opens up and it has like the month and the little blocks. And so, yeah, I think they can be extremely helpful. My only problem with that is um, you got to actually put the stuff in it for it to actually work. Uh, but I think that a planner is good being organized, getting your body back together. Okay. Amon no. out here, he tried catch catch a zaddy this summer with a six pack. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. I'm on the market, you know. Uh, oh, okay. Was <laughs> listen, uh, the first step is going on the market. Now, mind you, I know this is not like really necessarily like on the casualty, but I feel like since I have you and I can pick your brain, you say you're on the market. So let's like, can I like divulge into that a little bit more? I'm just kind of curious, <laughs> like, um, because I think that that is uh important. Uh to actually like to make that proclamation yeah uh, well what do you what do you want to know specifically i mean i'm just saying like when you say that you're on the market like so are you're single ready to mingle is what you are saying yeah i think that's a good way to put it okay now i i really believe in like being intentional about like anything that you do in life so like what Mm -hmm. is it that like you are seeking like are you seeking a long-term relationship are you seeking like someone like casually that you can hang out with are you see like what are you seeking uh, i guess i'm just like sort of just seeking connection at this point like i okay. just feel like i you know I, I have i have a handful of friends and they're lovely and everything but i would like to take that extra step with somebody else um so i'm sort of just i'm not really you know, expecting a long term or, uh, you know, someone to just hang out with. I'm just sort of like I'm just putting myself out there and okay. and whatever happens will happen. I do think that at some point, yeah, I will be more interested in seeking something long term because I am, you know, I'm not old by any stretch of the imagination. But and, you know, you can find love at any stage in life. Like, I mean, my grandmother just got married and she's OK. She's like 70. So it, it, it doesn't really matter. I don't I don't want to put myself on a timeline. But I, I don't think that I'm sincere. I think that I'm mature right now, and I don't really want to just be screwing around. You know that that's, that okay. that doesn't really appeal to me right now. So, yeah, I'm just kind of just searching for a connection. It's something that seems that feels good and it feels easy and doesn't take much work and adds value to my life and just enriches me and makes me want to be better. Makes me want to be a better person. 
I love that. And then my last, last question, which is kind of sort of a heavy hitter, because I feel like we talked about this subject before on the podcast. And listen, February is the month of love. And listen, y'all, this is definitely not anything that we discussed prior to this. I am just uh, hitting on my (laughs) mind with this. Uh, I don't know if you can hear the apprehension in his voice, but I can. Um, I now another my last little question, because I know that like we talked about it, um, you know, being queer men of color uh oftentimes we put ourselves into boxes that then ultimately limit our dating circles or we have like these different type of things so i am curious to know like in this go round of you actively seeking um like you know actively testing the waters out mm-hmm. are are you expanding upon like what I guess you could say like I don't want to say qualifications but like are you expanding your I know what you're saying your box I not your box though because I feel like that could be (laughs) miscued I hope you're not not my box no (laughs) I um I I don't know I feel like I've always been a person that likes everybody I don't like my friends even though they would try to tell me to the cows come home that I have a type. I do not. I really, I like people that like me, you know what I mean? Um, and I can, I I feel like I can find, I can find connection anywhere as long as I'm open to it. The older that I do get, the more, and the more that I think about like my parents and my family, there is a bit of apprehension. That's like, well, damn, like I do have that pressure of just like finding somebody black. And it's not because I, you know, it's not really much to do with me as it is to do with my family. And it is to do with the person that I'm dating. Like, I don't want to like fall in love with someone who's white and then have to subject them to, cause my mom, I think ultimately not to trash my family here. I think ultimately my, my, my mom would support whatever I did ultimately. Yes. A thousand percent. I, I, but she has always told me like, I'm on just stay somebody black because you're not going to have to do any explaining. You're not going to have to do, there's so much more like, it's just, it's just easier. And like, she just, she just always has an apprehension about dating outside of your race because it's just, she just, you know, she grew up in a different time, you know? Right. So, there is a piece of me that's like, do I really want to put like someone that's not black through that? Like having to go through like being accepted by my black family. And like, I just, I, don't, I just, that, that seems like a burden that I wouldn't want to have to put on somebody else. You know, well, I mean, if someone loves you and is into you, then I'm sure that that is a burden that they will be willing to take on. Um, so I don't think that that should necessarily like stop you. I feel like right. what, like whatever it is that you find or whatever it is that comes your way and that you're, interested in i think that you should take it um at that are you open now last couple of questions and we can get to the casual state <laughs> like are you like age any age qualifications like would you date someone older would you date someone younger um probably i would say probably at this point five years either way it's probably okay. like my like my it's not a hard rule but like i i figure that's probably who i'm going to be exposed to the most I'm okay. just like in my time of life, but like you know, never say never. Who knows? Like I could, I could meet somebody that's like 20 years older than me. You just never know, right? Um, so it's you know, it's it's not a hard rule, but I typically like to stay within my age range just because it's just you know, it's just easier. It's just easier, and you're like you know, you're you, you have a lot of the similar interests, and you grew up around the same time, so you like you guys have like a a mutual understanding of how you know how you see the world, and so yeah, that's five years other way is fine. Okay. And in the gay community, I find that it is very, um, they are very interested in bodies, in physique. And I am curious to know, like, what you, what's your thoughts on that? Like, will you date someone that is not, uh, 
picture. Uh, like a uh, uh, freaking Instagram model yes. looking bitch. Yes. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure to put on people. It's a lot of pressure to put on ourselves. So, I mean, realistically, uh, like, I, I'm just, you know, like I said, I'm searching for connection. Like, of course, like, we can't deny liking things that look good. Right. We all do. But that only, that really only goes so far. And that's so cliche to say, but it really does. And a lot of times in the gay community, a lot of people that do are super obsessed with the way that they look. Um, don't really got a lot much, like, going on upstairs. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they do, which makes it even worse sometimes because like, okay, so you know, you're an intelligent person and you're still being super duper obsessed with image. You know what I mean? It's just like, uh, uh, like, uh, I, want people, I want people to be healthy. That's all I want. Okay. Be healthy so that I can be healthy, you know, because if you're not healthy, then it's going to make me not want to be healthy. I just want, I want people to be healthy. I want people to just have a good head on their shoulders um and six pack or not like as long as i feel good and you feel good then that's it you know okay um and then the last and final question (laughs) (laughs) is that so you say that you're putting yourself out there and what ways are you putting yourself out there and i'm assuming it's 2022 so i'm assuming that it is dating apps or is it like yeah I'm back on the dating apps after giving them up for some time. I'm also like going out a bit more now that, you know, I mean, we're still in the panorama. Don't get me wrong, but I am going like, I've been going out every Friday to watch drag race and putting myself in an arena of other, of a gaggle of gays out there. So I'm just trying to be a little bit more social and loquacious and just like talking to people and just, you know, just showing people who I am, you know, it's, it's kind of scary a little hard at first because like we've all sort of like been hurt you know just staying in our own little bubbles for so long i feel like there's like so much social anxiety that i have to get over but i'm just you know i'm trying to i think i'm a pretty pretty decent person so i'm just trying to you know lead with that and Yeah. yeah we'll see I love that. And I, I love that for you. And I think that you should put yourself out there. I think that you're an amazing person. And you know what it what will be will be. So I'm excited. We'll have to do a little check back in on the uh, Amon love dating situation. Uh, so but listen, you heard it here first on the Purple Pants podcast. Um, sorry, but that's just I feel like that's the social worker in me. Uh, sometimes I just like I'd be liking to ask questions. Um, you know, and I, you know, I I'm very grateful for your openness. Now let's get up into this casual tea. Uh, yes. There's definitely a a hot topic uh, of discussion. Uh, Miss Whoopi Goldberg, Ooh. in the view, she says some comments, got backlash, mm-hmm. got support. Got backlash, got support, and, and then ABC or uh, yeah, ABC, uh, they suspended her for two weeks, and mm-hmm. uh, you know I, I, it opens up a world of conversation uh, regarding the comments that she made, and so it is definitely a very delicate situation, and so like you know our job here on the Purple Pants Podcast is to never shy away from uncomfortable conversations. I think that um, it's kind of like the point of the casualty. But it it is always important to be respectful and to say, if you don't know enough about a situation, you don't know enough about a situation or you don't know enough information or context to a situation to actually have an informed opinion. Um, so, yeah, like what, what's the tea of my break? Break it down. 
Yeah. So, yeah, as you stated, um, they were on The View last week. They were talking about how there are so many books that are trying to teach kids, you know, history, whether it be about slavery, whether it be about the civil rights movement, whether it be about our involvement in World War One, World War Two, whether it be about the Holocaust and what Jewish people went through. So many books of history that um, lots of Southern states are voting to get rid of and get, you know, not not even that the books are necessarily in the curriculum. They just want these books out of like public libraries and school libraries and things of that nature so that kids just don't have access to them on school grounds. And so it's striking up a lot of conversation about, you know, what it is that we're trying to shield our kids from. Um, And so they were talking about this one book in particular called Mouse, and it has a lot to do with what Jewish people went through in the Holocaust. And they got to talking about it. And Whoopi made the statement um, that the Holocaust was not about race. It was about man's inhumanity to man. And I believe it was Ana Navarro and Sarah Haynes that um, tried to interject and say, well, it was about, you know, like white supremacy and things of that nature. But Whoopi, you know, sort of doubled down and said, no, you're missing the point. It's about how we as human beings can be cruel to one another. It's not about race. And so the segment kind of ended after that. Um, And then maybe about, I don't know, like an hour after the show. All of the comments came pouring in saying that Whoopi cannot, like, they can't believe that Whoopi would make such a hurtful and ignorant comment that um, she needs to be fired. Like, this is insane. She's gotten away with so much. And this is just the final straw. Cannot believe that this is happening. First and foremost, Bryce and I did have a bit of a conversation about whether or not we did want to talk about this because there was a lot of backlash when it came to Whoopi. And this is a very sensitive subject. So just quick note here and first and foremost, both of us know what the Holocaust is. Both of us stand with Jewish people. Both of us understand the history for what it is and that we we do not want to minimize that in any way, shape or form. But I do want to have a conversation about what it is I think that Whoopi was trying to get across because this is not the Whoopi's take on this is not anything new I think people sort of don't realize that this conversation about ethnicity versus race versus religion has been going on for decades like it's just been going on for such a long long time so Whoopi then went on Stephen Colbert the, 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 the night of and she tried to clarify which her apology wasn't great. I'll put that out there first and foremost. Like, you know that you offended a lot of people, Whoopi. All you really need to do is say, you know what? I'm sorry. I apologize. I understand where you're coming from. But she kind of said, she sort of, she sort of, you know, reiterated what she was trying to say. And then after that, she said, you know, people told me that I was wrong and I'll take your word for it. That's not an apology. That's not an apology. You just say, I'm sorry. But what she did say was that she was trying to clarify about how because the uh, Nazis and Jewish people are both white. How could the Holocaust be about race when it's white people versus white people? That's what she was trying to say. And she, she likened it to, uh, you know, here in the States, you know, if there is a KKK member coming down the street, they're most likely going to antagonize Whoopi before they antagonize someone that's Jewish and white, because you can't really necessarily tell who's Jewish and who's not. You know, so I think that's that's what she was getting across. Now, here's my take. I understand exactly what we was saying. I wasn't I, I think that she 
did I think she bungled her point on the view, and I think that she should have allowed Anna and Sarah to say, well, yes, there is a racial implication here because the Nazis are white supremacists. So yes, there is that 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 is a that is in uh, the, an element that is present. What Whoopi was trying to get across is that there is a difference between ethnicity and race, right? You are black or you're white or you're Asian. And then if you want to talk about Latin people, there are a mix of all different types. You know, you can be Afro-Latina, you can be white Latina. There's a, it's a, it's all, you run the gamut. And then it comes to ethnicity, which is a more, that is, an ethnicity is defined as something that is like a cultural background. You share a cultural heritage, which can often sometimes include religion. It does not have to. Like there is an African-American ethnicity that like goes beyond what, race we are like besides us being black we share common ancestry or common um culture and like how the type of music that we've created hip-hop is an ethnic marker in african-american history it doesn't have anything to do with race specifically but hip-hop within itself is a part of, of in ethnicity and that's what she was sort of trying to get across is that look you have jewish people that are white right and they also share an ethnicity that is judaism their religion and so what I think that she failed to understand is that, yes, there are Nazis that are white, there are Jewish people that are white, but because the Nazis believe themselves to be a superior race, the Aryan race, right, white hair, blue eyes, that within itself is what makes it racism. And the way, the, the minimalized view that Americans have, that is largely based on the history of African-American enslavement, is just, that is, it's just that. It's just our Americanized view of what race is. Out there in Europe, race can take on many, many different things. There are a lot of Jewish people that do not consider themselves white, especially those that reside in the Holy Land. They would not think of themselves as white. So that's where Whoopi was wrong and where she did not allow herself to get corrected, which ultimately led to her getting suspended. Do I think she should have been suspended? I don't know. It's a, it's a hit or miss for me. Like She went against policy. She didn't really, you know... She said that she played by ABC's rule book and tried to go on Stephen Colbert and make an apology, but she really didn't make an apology. So ABC has every right to say, you know what, look, Whoopi, like you, 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 you got to take a break. You got to take a break, go home for two weeks, think about what you said, then come on back. Do I understand what she was saying? Or do I think that necessarily what she said was wrong? No, because her viewpoint is not an uncommon one. There is a difference between ethnicity and race. And I, I would have wished, what I wish would have happened was that that conversation could have taken place on the show apart from just saying, oh, no, Whoopi, you're wrong. Anna and Sarah are right. Let's get her out of here. Like, now I feel like no no learning is happening because there's so many people right. saying, oh, Whoopi is an anti-Semitic. Like, Whoopi is clearly not anti-Semitic. She's not. She has a, she has a different point of view. She Her view of race is different from, from people that come from Europe or even some Jewish people that reside here in the States. The, 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 the topic of race is different. Um, and that's just that. It doesn't make anybody right or wrong. It just means that we have to come to a mutual understanding that we have different understandings of what race is in this country. And a lot of that is informed by our history, which to black people is a very specific experience. Yes. So that's sort of where I land at that. And that was a long monologue, so I apologize. <laughs> no, no, no. I think that it was like very helpful and very uh, like knowledgeable because it is such a it's such a 
sensitive subject, but and it is something that like when we talked about, it's a conversation or like we see these headlines of like people like uh, will be making statements like this and like instantaneously like, you know, this outcry for, for them to be canceled or like, you know, and the conversation never really happens. Mm-hmm. And I'm all about the conversation and I feel like and again when we talk about cancel culture specifically in our society it is like you know cancel them oh they're like you know and my thing is like what what a great learning opportunity would it have been to have Whoopi on the show and to bring people on uh, Jewish people to educate her and to make her understand and also given a point to have Whoopi be able to be like well this is what I was saying, not what I meant to disrespect anyone. So it's just this like, and again, for me, it takes me back to like the Trump days, like, you know, and like where we are now as a society where it's like, Mm -hmm. everyone is like, everyone is, is pinned against each other. And it's just like, yeah, we all don't have to agree. Like we all don't have to like, we all don't have to have the same mindset. We all don't. Well, one, we don't, we're all from different backgrounds. We have different things that shape us, different experiences. Our ancestors have gone through different things, but like we're here today. And I feel like it's important for people to hear other people. And guess what? You don't, you don't have to agree with them. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like it's about the the level of respect uh, that you give someone. And like, you know what? You could say something else. And I'm like, you know what? I respectfully disagree. This is where I come from with it. And this is like the reasons behind it. And I think that that is the approach that we should have. Now, I completely understand that. Like, a, she has offended a whole community. Um, and yeah, like, that's not okay. However, right. I also feel like so what do we do now? Is my question. Like, you know what I mean? Like canceling her right. isn't the answer because guess what? This will come up again and again right. and again. It's exactly. about having the dialogue. And again, I also feel like with cancel culture, it gets people scared to have the conversation. And like, just like us, like we were like, is this something that we should talk about? And uh, like, I'm like, I, I don't want to offend anyone. And again, my knowledge of the situation is relatively limited. And so like, mm-hmm. I don't want to say anything out of turn. However, I want to demonstrate and model that you know here on the purple pants podcast and casual tea we can say our piece respectfully and like whether you disagree with it or not like you can hear where we're coming from and you know by all means educate us by all means like you know point me in the right direction by all means like you know but again i just feel like yeah and I think I think ultimately it with this conversation demonstrates and this is something that we all know deep down, but we you know, because of our history, we sort of have had to hold on to certain parts of our identities. I think that this is a clear indication of how race really is a man made thing. It's such a social construct like deep down, there really is like no biological difference between human beings. We are all one thing. But because of years and years of persecution, um, you know, it, 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 it's, it's we've made it a thing now where it's part of it's a part of our culture now. And it's something that we are trying to fix. But I think ultimately, in terms of like, you know, what what Whoopi went through, I think it's just another example of like people are going to view the topic of race differently amongst like where you come from, which only proves within within that within itself that it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. Like it's, 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 it's something that we have created 
to divide one another, mm. to place power over one another. Mm. And it really, it, now that it exists, now that we're, we're trying to deal with the cancer, that is racism. You know what I mean? And separating one another based off of, based off of characteristics, whether it be your religion, whether it be your skin color, all of that. So I just, I just wish that we could have had that conversation because I think it, it gets really, really touchy because you have one end of the argument where you have black people that want to make sure that our experiences and our voices are being heard when we say, well, look, like it's different being black because there's, that's something that I can't hide. Whereas with Jewish people, especially when it comes to like assimilation, because that's another thing, that's another topic of this conversation. And another reason as to why Whoopi has the viewpoint that she does is because there was a time back in this country when it was in its first beginnings where Irish people were looked at as an inferior race, where Jewish people were looked at as an inferior race, all types of people, different branches of white people still found ways to persecute one another. You know what I mean? But now when you get to like assimilation and you start, you know, for foregoing your own traditions and your own culture so that you can come to America and like have the this twisted American dream that they all want us to buy into. That's when people start to sort of, you know, separate themselves into either black or white or Asian or whatever. And then it gets it gets that's what I'm saying. Our view and our scope is so limited that we just forget that there's a whole nother section of this planet that does not abide by the same types of cultural lines that we do. And so that would have been such a wonderful breeding ground for great conversation, but no, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what lies for Whoopi. I don't know if she'll be back on the table. I don't know. Um, yeah. It's, I, in my opinion, I think, I don't know. I think Whoopi should retire, not just because of this, because a lot of the time, like, Whoopi doesn't really tend to make a lot of sense when on that show like her points can come across very just like all over the places as if she didn't get prepped on the subject matter before she gets on the show so that's a whole other conversation that we could have but i don't I'm just i'm just saying like i feel like you know if what we end up having to just you know take an extended leave of absence i don't know maybe that might open things up on that show over there because they're having some issues over there I mean, when is the view not having some issues? I know, it's like every damn week. Every week. Yeah. I mean, but uh, yeah. And so, yeah, that was our take on, on the Whoopi situation. I know y'all was wanting to hear it. So we definitely wanted to, you know, give our take on it. Yes. Uh, and if I said anything wrong, please, if or something that you disagree with, please, I'm I'm open to conversation. I'm open to learning because I did speak with a few Jewish people that I knew before coming on the show just to get their thoughts about it. And, you know, but that's only that's only my limited scope of who's Jewish in my life. So right. if there are people out there that, you know, want to continue this conversation with me, I am all ears because I just want to continue to grow and learn and, you know, have my viewpoint changed and, you know. I'm out here for it. So yes, and I think that's that's the point of conversation and dialogue is to be able to start from one point of thinking from your perspective and how you were raised and brought in your heritage and be able to listen um, and understand and empathize with someone else's perspective and what they've gone through and what their ancestors have gone through and to be able to grow. Mm-hmm. You you know not necessarily change 
your thoughts or what you believe, but I think it's about the growth and the the evolution of your thought process, um, in my opinion. Uh, But so keeping the topics rolling. Um, yes, y'all know I cover Euphoria on the Purple Pants podcast. And you know, Amon is over there on post-show wrap-ups. I said that mm-hmm. right, right? Okay. Post-show recaps. Post-show recaps, okay? Y'all know this might be all over the place, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Euphoria, okay? See, they just got confirmed for a season three. He and uh, you know what? 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 P. Did he say with more money, more problems? Now that's definitely not the uh, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the tone of the song. I can't even think more money, more problems. I don't even know how it would go. I can just I like, can't think of either. <laughs> I just see the video of Diddy in the grass. But anyway, with more success becomes more criticism. And how many of you guys were in school and you took the drug abuse resistance education pledge? Did I? I mean, I did. Did you? I don't think Dare ever came to my school. Oh, Pittsburgh. I, what's going on? I'm having, I mean, we had like, you know, seminars and things of that nature about like drug abuse and stuff like that. But I don't think Dare ever was one of them. Mm, interestingly my, enough. And it, it definitely was like in elementary school, not high school. But Euphoria is one of the most polarizing descriptions of drug use on television right now. And drug abuse resistance education has something to say about it. Uh, the program recently criticized HBO series for glamorizing drug use, anonymous sex and more. And listen, the Euphoria fans are Outrage. A representative from Dare spoke to TMZ about the HBO series uh, descripting of drug use rather than further each parent's despair to see their children safe from the potential horrific consequences of drug abuse and other high risk behavior. HBO television drama Euphoria chooses to misguidedly glorify depict high school students drug use addiction anonymous sex they first of all they keep saying anonymous sex okay violence and other destructive behaviors as a common and widespread in today's world they told the outlet uh they also told the outlet uh the organization has extended an offer to work with euphoria showrunners to address their concerns directly. We would welcome an opportunity from our team, including members of our high school age youth advocacy board to meet with individuals at HBO who are involved with producing euphoria. Okay. Okay. There we see you. We hear you, but okay. So, Okay, so I I I I just I, I got a lot uh, to take, but also first of all, hey, you know the fans on Reddit they don't play. Uh, one of the fans on Reddit said the show's rating is MTAMA for a reason. I said, ooh. Mm-hmm. So also, I just feel like now when I watch now, granted, you know I'm in I'm an I'm an adult adult. You know I'm in my early to late. 20s, early 30s. Um, child making my way to mid 30s. Yes. Making my way downtown. The dirty 30s. Okay, keep it cute. Okay, listen, we don't need to get up on that. This is the area for you. Um, I when I watch the show, I don't necessarily say that it is glorifying drugs. Um, 
I, when I watch the show, if anything, I'm like, I'm glad I'm not like Rue. I'm glad that I like you. Know, like I don't necessarily think that it depicts glorification. Um, also, you know, I am a social worker. You know, I spent eight years of my life working with child a child welfare agency. I was constantly in the schools. I worked in the ungovernable unit. Uh, for four years of my life that specifically worked with high school students that were on drugs, mental health addiction, um, not addiction, but mental health issues, like skipping school, different things. And listen, I personally, I do not think euphoria glorifies uh, drug use. I think euphoria is a actual representation as to what high school children are actually faced with and dealing with. Uh, I, I don't think that it is any stretch of the imagination uh, that high school students are having sex. High school students are doing drugs. High school students are drinking high school. Like, like I was listening to like some other podcasts and I was reading some other things that are just like, they're having like, you know, MTV size parties. I'm, I'm like, that happens. Like, do you, like that happens. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 and like, I, I just, I don't, I, what I think, and, and one, also, I feel like, I don't think Euphoria is for high school age students. I think Euphoria is for adults, their parents. So, one, although it may take place in high school, it's not a high, th- this ain't high school musical, dare. and i think that you know and the parents are outraged and i'm just like well you know what parents this it it should be an eye opener to you that like this type of stuff is available to your children in high school whether you want to believe it or not it might not be out and again it's for me, it's not even like out in the open like that in euphoria, like in as like school settings, but it's out there. Trust me and believe your kids could get hands on anything they wanted in high school, let alone a phone. Like it, it's just like for me, I just am like, how out of touch are you guys? Like you you clearly don't know the the market of the children that you serve. I'm just like, is everybody forgotten what the definition of glorification is? Because uh, 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 the action of describing or representing something as admirable, especially unjustifiably. Where is the <laughs> admirable quality of what Rue is going through? Yeah, where? <laughs> where? I just want to know at what what episode? Point to me the episode where Rue is taking the drugs and she has a good outcome. Mm-hmm. Show me. Show me on the dotted line. I just, I, 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 I don't understand. I feel like we go through this every generation. Every generation, it's always like, oh my god. Like a, a few like decades ago, it was like, oh, uh, the these video games, man, they're like they're like, corrupting the children. And no, actually, in the fifties, it was like, oh, TV, this is crazy. <laughs> like, oh my god. And then it was Elvis. Oh my god, he's shaking his pelvis. He's gonna have all the kids in sex riots and. Now it's like hip hop music. Oh my God, that rap music is going to turn all these kids into hooligans and vandalizers. Not hooligans. It's just like, and now it ended with the internet, and now it's euphoria. I just, where does it end? What is it going to be next? The apps, I guess. Yeah, I guess it's the the TikTok. I have a TikTok wall. TikTok is kind of damaging. I will will stand behind that. I'll, I'll, you know, they might get a point there. But 
TV shows, media, movies, TV shows, music, they are, they are, they are here forevermore, and they are not going anywhere, and they are not. Teen pregnancy has been down for years. You know what changed in the past few years? Sex education. Mm. So, euphoria <laughs> yeah. is going to be the one, the one thing that's going to have all these kids just automatically start popping zannies and. And and, and 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 screwing around in the streets and selling drugs and and I mean, anonymous sex, anyway. child to gays, but doing anonymous sex for centuries. Okay, and uh, it wouldn't have to be so anonymous if y'all would just get off our asses and just let us be who we are. Ooh, shit. Ooh, uh, ooh. So I, uh, I'm just, I'm just failing to see the glorification part. I think that. Euphoria is, you know, is it, it, it is an artistic expression, very artistic because it's the way that they shoot that 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 TV show is so dramatic. But it is an artistic expression of what teenagers go through. Some right. people live the charmed life. I've lived a pretty easygoing high school experience. Like I went to a party here or there, but like party like wasn't like a part of my scene. I was a musical theater nerd, so I was too focused on being able to hit the right notes. Okay. But, you know, I, I drank a little bit in high school. Oh. I did. I didn't do any drugs, but I'm sure there were kids that were doing it. Um, there were kids that were selling it. Mm. It happened. And it wasn't because euphoria. It was because that's life. And people mm. grow up in certain environments and they do certain things because that's, that's life. It's like, what's the, what, what came first? The chicken or the egg? Was it euphoria or was it the drugs? Okay. Yeah. And uh, like, I feel like I went to a pretty suburban high school, um, not in the city because my mom didn't move us out of the city. And Ish was available. Like, you know, like, and I didn't necessarily (laughs) like partake in it, but like, Ish was happening uh, for sure. Like, I felt like the, the fresco, there were definitely multiple frescoes at my high school. Like, there, it just was like something that was. Fresco, yeah, yes. What was I? Saying? Fa- you fresco. said fresco. I was like, "What's fresco?" I was like, "What is that a drug?" I don't know. It's <laughs> like, what's that? There were definitely multiple frescoes at my high school. There were definitely multiple ashes at my high school. Child, They're like you know, um, and yeah, like. But however, I I never partaked in any of that because why? I had a good relationship with my parent like you know i had a brother in jail um i knew consequences i you know like i could talk to my mom about stuff like that you know not anonymous sex but i could talk to her about like drugs and different things of that nature so i feel like instead of parents and dare being so outraged at euphoria like they actually should use it as uh, a door opener to have conversations with their kids to have like you know to be like is this really happening do you like you know because did I was I drinking like so no I maybe I'm lying so I probably did you know wet the whistle maybe when I was in 12th grade and I definitely and I definitely for show for show went to like a couple of parties my senior year that were 
very reminiscent of like the type of parties that I've seen on Euphoria. Like, so it is like, and child, that what wasn't that long ago, but it was, it's like, so I can only imagine with Airbnbs and like, you know, so it's like for me, like, oh yeah, that's, that's, a, I, I, the kids of today are so smart because I didn't even think about that. And first of all, I don't know who is letting, I guess they get somebody older to like give them their Airbnb stuff because they be throwing parties. Mm-hmm. And again, like I just feel like it for me, one, I don't feel like Dare ever really worked. I feel like it was like the abstinence program. Don't have sex. Exactly. You wouldn't know how Dare worked. You wouldn't know how Dare worked. Dare worked because my mom said, I dare you to come oh, back in this house with a baby. I dare you to come up in this house drug. I dare you to come up in this house high. You're going to see what happened. That was the dare. Okay. And, right. And so for me, and I feel like the, the, the high school students that I worked with, um, it wasn't, it wasn't no, don't do drugs. Like that, that wasn't the conversation that I was having with them. The conversations that I were having with them was, listen, you need to be careful. Uh, like you know they're mixing fentanyl like you guys are popping these pills like you're mixing fentanyls like you know the conversation that i'm having with them is like if and if you are going to do something like that please google look up the pills like to make sure that you are taking something that is really what it is supposed to be like you know that like that's the real world conversation that i'm having with these kids because i am trying to get them to not to overdose or die. I'm not being like, don't do it. Like, you know, there's a difference in being like, there's just a difference in being, oh, don't do drugs. And like, you know, oh my God, I can't believe these kids are doing drugs. And then there's a difference of like, when you're dealing with children overdosing, when you're like, you know what I mean? Like the conversation that I'm having with them is a little different. And I think that that's the approach that Dare needs to start taking. Like, again, in my opinion, Dare has been very obsolete for a very long time. Um, And if it's like, if you're not going to know, and for me, again, it's like social work. Like, if you're not going to know the environments in which these kids live in, like, please don't like sit there and talk to them about like they ain't trying to hear it just like Mm -hmm. sex education for me obsolete in the sense of i'm a queer black man y'all ain't talk like y'all not talking about anal sex y'all not like you know what i mean like make it make sense to me right and again, these like these 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 advocacy programs like yes y'all do stand for a very good cause but like I don't think attacking euphoria is what you need to be doing. Right. Like, if anything, you need to be getting on the bandwagon of euphoria. Yeah. You need to be you, you you need to be using euphoria as like ways to have conversations. It's just like I again, like I feel like, yeah. So that's just my take on it. Don't come for euphoria and don't come for my baby Ash. Uh no, that's my little <laughs> brother. Uh because Ash child uh what's um Child, I forgot his name. I'm about to call him Sketcher. What was the name I just said that was wrong? Fesco. Fesco. Yes. Fesco. So yes. yeah, I, I yeah, like, I think uh, I, I, you just need to supply teens with information, and they will do with it what they will. Give them the facts. Give them the hard core facts about what you're doing to your body when you consume these when you consume these substances what the consequences are when you consume these substances, what happens when you become addicted to these substances. Just give them all the facts and they can make a decision on their own. That if you're not going to save everybody, addicts are born every day. It's just, uh, it's just, that's just how life is. 
Um, but the, the best thing that you can do is to give them intervening information. Because that's what my right. mom did. She was always like, look, this is what alcohol is. This is what it does to you. This is how people end up dead. This is how yada, yada, yada. Same thing with everything. Like she just, she was real about it. And yeah, I still messed around with the drinking from time to time. But like her voice to this day is always in the back of my mind. Even to this day, as an adult, when I'm offered things and I'm like, eh, I don't know. I think I'm just going to stick with a drink tonight. I'll be okay. You know, like it, it, it's your, your kids will listen. They will. Right. And just be able to have like the dialogue to have the open conversation with them. Like, I feel like when you be like, oh, don't like, you know, it makes them not want to come to you about things and also realize that like whether you teach them and raise them up, kids are still going to want to experiment. Kids are still going to want to like, you know, and you still want to be that parental figure to them. If in an event that they do experiment with something like you want to be able to like help and intervene when need be so i i just think that again the just the approach that dare is taking i i'm not a fan of it um and like so, no one likes to narc you know it just comes down to that like don't like when you start narking out then it becomes like no one you, you shut you shut the conversation down like whatever right. we were talking about before like just give them information you know right um and yeah and sometimes yeah so let's keep it moving to tasha k and the carty that is b i'm sure y'all heard all about this <laughs> um and i just think it's interesting just as a podcaster um an atlanta jury awarded cardi b nearly three million dollars in punitive damage and attorney fees on tuesday this was like two weeks ago um in a liable lawsuit against celebrity blogger tasha k the award comes on top of a 1.25 million that juries awarded on monday after finding tasha k uh, liable on counts of defamation and mind you i don't know why this takes me out invasion of privacy because you know that's Cardi's first album title name, um, an infliction of emotional distress um, on Cardi B. Uh, Cardi B in 2019 suits claim that the YouTuber had began a campaign of making defamatory statements about the rapper to promote Tasha K's celebrity website for her personal financial gain on one of Tasha K's videos in 2018 she claimed that the rapper's unborn child may have intellectual disabilities that she was a prostitute for a living got herbies took molly and cocaine um the suit also claimed that Tasha K was claiming on Instagram that Cardi B was just a Grammy nominated prostitute running around spreading oh, herbies wow. and said the YouTuber uh had become obsessed with slandering cardi b in the last 14 months tasha k has put out over 23 videos regarding uh cardi b even uh during the trial tasha k had said that you know she said some of the things that she said because she felt like cardi b had the money to get mental health uh Mental health services. Yes, that's what she said in open court. Cardi has said in court that the claims of the rapper of Tasha K had affected her marriage. You know, Cardi had to get an STD uh, test to prove the offset that she didn't have herbies from like this random blogger just making up random ish. Cardi says that she's been depressed. Like, you know, it's a real thing. And yeah, so Cardi won the case and 
one kudos to Cardi for going after Atasha K because I feel like there are so many internet bloggers and vloggers out there that like say the most salacious things ever um and you know just for clickbait and Cardi even revealed that she had went through back channels you know that's kind of you know that you know ghost Instagram page or you know somebody to say like hey we're from Cardi's team Cardi does not like this please take this down and uh Tasha K said Nizzle I'm going and uh yeah so it ended up in this lawsuit then after the settlement and the judgment came out maybe two days later Tasha K made this announcement she's speaking on the trial one time only and guess where she's speaking on it at uh, of course, YouTube. Um, and I mean, essentially, she doubles down and really tries to make it this thing that Cardi is the machine. And if the machine does not like something, they've got the resources and the ability to shut you down. Then why would you go up against her? And, you know, and she tries to spin it like, you know, like she's the press, like, you know, freedom of press and like, you know, reporting these things and like they can come after you. And that like, you know, she's saying that, like, you know, if she had a chance to do it all over again, she would not. I mean, she would. Because she's being true to herself. Miss Tasha K, Miss Mamas, baby, sweetie, love muffin, Rue, <laughs> girl, like, like, so. I just feel like Tasha K is one of those people that's like any publicity is good publicity. Mm -hmm. And like clearly like this, like, you know, and mind you, I didn't even know that I was following her blog site on Instagram. I didn't even know because I didn't even know that was her blog site. Uh, and again, like, you know, I'm sure this like, you know, three million dollars. She's got a lot of videos, a lot of views. I don't know what her pockets are, but I'm sure that's that's a hurt piece. Um, but for me, what is like aggravating is that like Tasha is using this like situation as like, it's almost like it's skyrocketing her because that she's getting more press than she ever got before. But I feel like you're not even learning the lesson. And here's the thing. I'm all for tea. I'm all for, you know, uh, we live in a society that we become obsessed with like athletes and celebrities. Like, you know, I'm guilty of like, you know, wanting to know different things about different things and uh but i do think that there is a line and like it, it, it's one thing if you had proof for different things but the fact that you are just making up salacious horrible disgusting things about her just to get views just to get money it's like okay and the fact that she reached out Cardi was like, can you please take this down? And the fact that you was like, oh, I gotcha. I'm going to keep going. I know Cardi's watching. It's like, ugh, trash. Yeah. It's, it, it was so stupid. Like, you think you, she got she got all up in it. Yeah, she got all up in it. She felt like, oh, my God, I got this major celebrity's attention. I got this woman to know that I exist. I'm about to have all of these eyeballs on my channel. And she just saw dollar signs and so did Cardi though. <laughs> and Cardi has so much more than you do. I don't understand like why you felt like posting lies. Cause that's what they were lies. 
wasn't going to have any repercussion for you. There are th- there is such thing as libel. That's the charge. The charge. Okay, you can slander someone. They can charge you for that. Mm-hmm. And she just wanted to just like walk this walk, like she was like she couldn't be defeated, like as if she's like one of these major TMZ news sites. And mm-hmm. you know, to, I can't even use TMZ because TMZ actually is accurate. TMZ right. actually knows what they're talking about before they put it out. As much right. as they're trashy, they don't lie. So I don't yeah. like I don't understand how she thought she was gonna get away with this. It was so stupid. And yeah, and she and admitted like, to it in court. Yeah, she admitted I mean, to it in court. And then the, they tried to and her lawyers were like, oh you might want to try to walk that back. Too late. Like, Child. She admitted to in court stumbling uh because child listen it was his Twitter account um that I was like watching and there's like the Amon Wiggins show that I love. Um, and uh, he was like covering it like daily, giving us updates. And it was just like, you know, her performance in court was trash, but then Amon, to get out, who? uh, uh, here's my name. Uh, well, I might now charge, you know, I might be our Armand Wiggins. Um, yeah, okay. he is like an up and coming like blogger, uh, black queer man. Like, you know, I love to support my community. So like, yeah, I uh, I really enjoy his show. And uh, he was like covering this vigorously. And again, for her to be like just a mess in court, but then come out and like release the statement. And it's just like, girl. But yeah, you got to be careful here uh, when your name is like, you know, and again, my only thing is like, girl, all you would have had to do is say allegedly. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, but it's like, no, like you wanted to be like, but that's just how nasty I feel like the type of person that she is, is that like you really like went on this attack and like sometimes people forget celebrities are real people. Yeah. And it's so funny because Cardi B was talking about this like a, a year ago. She was like, she was on Instagram live and she was talking about something else. I think she was just talking about being a celebrity in general and how people like, y'all, y'all think that this is like just all glitz and glam. And yes, it is fun, but I'm lonely a lot of the time because I can't go anywhere. I can't do anything. And right. I just have to sit up here because I'm, I'm, because I'm a celebrity and I can't like go fighting in the street because I have something to, I have something to lose. I just have to sit up here and let people say anything that they can about me and just take it except for that one blogger who I'm not going to name, like, but I'm going to take her to pass the court, bitch. I'm going to take all your bread because I didn't told you how many times. And then a whole year later, $4 million. (laughs) Okay. Run me my money. And like, you know, as somebody that is like a a D list celebrity and reality TV, uh, like I definitely can tell you that like, you can get a thousand comments that are like, Oh, we love you. You did great. And then you read that one comment and it's like, it literally can change your disposition. It literally like has you thinking your whole world. Like, and it's just like, you can even know yourself to the point like Cardi B, no, she ain't have herpes, but she didn't went and took an STD test. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just it's crazy yeah, to me and said, she said about her was wow she had her she said that at some strip show she took a bottle of liquor and like put it up her her uh, in like on stage like it was like what like yeah you and why are you seemingly the only person that has this information right. tasha make it make sense and um you would think that going through in a situation like this would allow you to like you humble yourself and like you know but it, to me it doesn't seem from the statements that she has released that like 
Child, she she even said uh, in the video, this is the cost of business. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, she expected this. So, oh, okay, well, girl, expect that check because they win. <laughs> now, baby, whew, the weekend has been roaring <laughs> with this couple. Bless you. Uh, Thank you. Kanye West and the, the Kim that is the Kardashian, baby. If you've been under a rock, uh, you would know that Kanye is uh, and Kim have separated. Kanye is, you know, floating around with Julia Fox. Uh, Kim is with my man, Pete Davidson. And, um, you know, seemed like things were good. We saw maybe like a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Saint was having a birthday party and Kanye West took to the Instagram to say that like I don't have the address to my child's birthday party this ain't fair you not gonna do this Kim okay are we lawyers I'm confused as to why you're taking this to Instagram and social media uh, then hours later we see video of Kanye at the party at the party yeah uh, with, then with Chris, with Chris, okay, because you know he gonna be he gonna Chris gonna reel him in. Then you know a couple of maybe a month ago, uh, Northwest uh, was making headlines when she went live on TikTok. I think I even talked about it. Um, it was like the most best little live TikTok thing ever. She's like giving a tour of the home. Uh, Kim in the bed, and then when Kim realized she on live, Kim get up, and it's like you know. Funny. However, like that, that, that does have some serious implications, um, especially like knowing the lifestyles that the Kardashian live. And we know that Kim was robbed in Paris. Like, you know, that definitely could be some security breaches. Oh, I forgot about that. Um, so like it is concerning. However, definitely was lighthearted and fun. And, and listen, we love the North that is the West. Okay. I love when Kim <laughs> doing her makeup, uh, tutorials and North be like, why are you talking like that? You don't talk like that. Like, you know, <laughs> drag her. Yes. Her. Kim be like, Oh my God, these kids, they're getting on my nerves. That's rude. Like, you know, <laughs> I just, uh, love the little bit of the personality that we see of North. Um, and so like North is on a little TikTok. First of all, anybody that's in this Kardashian family, they're a walking brand themselves. Yep. So, uh, North. I ain't gonna be mad at North for being on TikTok when her mom was, well, never mind. <laughs> Mm. Never mind. Never mind. So over the weekend, or and Kanye after the after the North TikTok live instant instance, uh, Kanye did air his concern that he did not want his daughter on. You know the TikTok. Now North has a TikTok, and it is you know he is upset. He is going off, and so he takes to Instagram, of course, because why? Where else would you want to go but the Instagram? Um, and he had said, <clears throat> "What did what did he say?" He posted a photo of North's TikTok and basically saying, I don't want my daughter on the TikToks and just really kind of like going all out. Since this is my first divorce, I need to know what I should do about my daughter being put on TikTok against my will mm. and saying all this other stuff. And babe, when Kim clapped back, she clapped back. Okay. Kim took to her Instagram and wrote a note that Kanye's constant attack on me in interviews and social media is actually more hurtful than any TikTok North could, could 
ever create. As the parent who is the main provider and caretaker of our children. Okay, catch that. I am doing my best to protect our daughter while also allowing her to express her creative and the medium she wishes with adult supervision because it brings her happiness. Divorce is difficult enough on our children and Kanye's obsession with trying to control and manipulate our situation so negatively and publicly is only causing further pain for them all. From being from the beginning, I wanted nothing but a healthy, supportive co-parenting relationship because it is what's best for our children. And it saddens me that Kanye continues to make it impossible every step of the way. Now, here is the real shade. I wish to handle all matters regarding our children privately. And hopefully he can finally respond to the third attorney he has had in the last year to resolve any issues amicably. Chow, was 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 so that he out there just hiring and firing attorneys that mm. don't agree with him? Mm. Mm. Then Kanye strikes back. He posts the TikTok regulation. And it says to sign up to TikTok, you must first pass through an age gate to get on the right to TikTok. And if you're under 13 at all, your TikTok can be deleted. Child, then they're going back and forth. And Kanye is like. (sighs) Well, is it is it North's TikTok? Well, I. So let me look at the image real quick uh, that he posted. It is, what does it say? Uh, It says, oh, it's Kim and North. Okay. Kim ain't stupid. So, uh, yeah. Mm. And it's just been nothing but back and forth with Kanye all weekend. Um, then he is alleging <clears throat> that one of Kim's cousins reached out to him and was like, yeah, I don't think the kids should be on TikTok. You know, I'm with that. Um, he's saying, I don't feel like talking about it. Dragged me into a dark world. Now my kids are getting dragged in. The cousin writes, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to upset you. Kanye says, I'm not upset. Then the cousin says, is it safe to buy the Yeezys on StockX? Uh, uh, Andrew really wants one. <laughs> Right. Not the cousin wanting the Yeezys. So then Kanye says, this is an example of Kim's cousin agreeing with me about the TikTok, then proceeding to ask me for some Yeezys afterwards. Her other cousin, Kara, called me saying she agreed with me. Then she said she would speak out publicly, which she has yet to do. Um, then she suggests I take medication. My dad didn't have money or a public voice when my mom destroyed him and his relationship. I do this for every parent on either side whose kids future are being sadly controlled. I don't even have the right to get angry as a father without being called erratic. I gave that family the culture. If they as a whole unit keep playing games with me, I will take that culture culture back a father should never have to beg for the location of his children Mm, uh, when he's acting like this uh, uh, when you're co-parenting and there's custodial you know designations and when she has like when she is when they're with her on her time 
then they're with her and on her time. She does not have to disclose to you where the child is. She doesn't. Now, when she's with you, when North is with you, and he's on, she's on your time, Kim also does not need to be like, you know, where's my daughter? If she's yeah. with you. So... It, 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 it gets better. <clears throat> Kanye then writes screenshot uh, of a text message that he's sending to someone. Send me Kim's number. Oh, God. With the caption saying, yesterday, Kim accused me of putting a hit out on her. So let me get this straight. I begged to go to my daughter's party and I'm accused of being on drugs. Then I go play with my son and I take uh, my graphic novels and I'm accused of stealing. Now I'm being accused of putting a hit on her. These ideas can actually get, get someone locked up. They play like that with black men's lives, whether it's getting them free or getting them not locked up. I'm not playing about my black children anymore. Now, now, uh, now you want to now you want to play the black card, Kanye? Child and Julia, Julia Fox's, you know what? But we ain't going to go there. Like, it's just like, you know. I think that Kanye does have a point. However, it's like you're venting to the media because it's like, I mean, and I get the game that he is trying to play. He's like, oh, okay. Like I can't be like, you can clearly block me out. You can clearly have security around me, but you can't control your public image. And like, you know, so he's trying to play to the court of public opinion. And it's like, but is that good for your children? Like, sure, yeah. it might get Kim and drag her name, but like, what about your children? And 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 so what court of a public opinion? Because you look deranged. You look distressed. You look this is not normal. Uh, Yeah, I wouldn't want you around my kids. You wouldn't have the location of where we live, even though you just bought a house across the street from the house that Kim and the kids live at. It's not. It, it it's not a good look, and I don't know. I don't know if I ever really believed the rumors about Kim marrying Kanye because she's trying to, you know, access a little bit of, you know, a little bit of black culture up in there, and you know, just for for the for the image because he's you know one of the most celebrated rappers of our current time. I don't know if I believe that stuff, but if it is true, Kim. Mm. You gotta think about what you're getting yourself into whenever you say I do. Because you already did that thing the first time. And, I'm not, and it's not to, it's, you know, maybe, maybe I should step back on that because I don't want to blame Kim for this because Kim is clearly doing everything that she can to make sure that her children are in as, as little amount of harm's way as possible. But at the same time, and this is just a message to everybody, you gotta think long and hard before you say I do. You have to. Because that is that is such you are intertwining your life with somebody forever, especially when you have kids with them. when you have kids. Yeah. And uh, I saw somebody tweeting like, you know, I feel bad for Kim. However, when she was with him and he was exhibiting this behavior, mm-hmm. they was like, it's different when you're looking down the barrel of the gun, meaning like it's different when like now, like his like, you know, like, yeah, I um my only thing is just like your behavior Kanye is just so erratic and it's like you know now it's like you're turning on Kim it's like I I would have concerns with you with my kids yeah 
He's not and, well. He doesn't appear to be well. And it, so it's I'm, not, just, I'm not a doctor, but right. that's what it appears to be. And it's just like you're appealing to the court of public opinion. You do know your kids at some point will have access and will like see this. Like, yeah. and I feel like he never used to do that either. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like he never used to just like hop on Instagram live and like talk to us. And, well, like, right. But and I feel like that is a ploy. That's a, a direct ploy to get at Kim. Because yeah. like clearly she's boxed it's him like out, out of like, her out of her playbook. Right. Just social media stuff that you love so much. But it's like, okay, but this about the kids, Kanye. Like it's it, it's just like and, yeah. and now you now yeah. you're trying to make it a black thing, like you well, you, you, you I just can't. Um, it's a mess. Kanye's a mess. And here's the thing. I I, I there's no doubt in me, Kim probably is being a little manipulated, but like you know, but uh, rightfully so, rightfully I so. I would be too. It yeah. it's just, yeah. Uh, respond to the lawyers and it's like but Kanye just gives me the type of person that it's like it has to be his way or no way I just I, I, I just wish the best for those kids that's all I can say you know like I it's already hard enough growing up in the public eye but then when you have it's and it's hard enough growing up with divorced parents and on top of that divorced parents who are famous and are actually and are going after each other as well like that's not that's well, not fun I, I, famous parent that is going after your parent because I don't know if it's the parents going after the parents yeah, yeah, like yeah, publicly yeah. Um, but yeah it, it's just a mess and I just say think about the kids like yeah you might want to see your kids and you might want to like you know but like this way and when it actually gets down to court you know because eventually this, they, they're going to have to go to court and who do you think the judge is going to side with when they see this type of behavior right it's just like you're acting off of impulse. Like you're somebody not- tweeted the other day, as uh, as more time that goes by, I understand why Beyonce and Jay Z did not go to their wedding. <laughs> okay. Okay. More and more time, I understand why Beyonce and Jay Z are so private about their relationship. Yeah. Y'all want the glimpse of the glamour, but child, when it turn around on you, it's a little different. Mm-hmm. Whew, it's a lot and our last uh, topic of the casual tea is Bay Bay all you Navy fans out there all you Rihanna fans under my umbrella Ella Ella <laughs> eh, eh, eh. You, can, uh, my, my, you can stand under my listen y'all better stream them songs you better enjoy them cause Bay Bay we ain't getting no Rihanna album okay it's not happening. Rihanna and ASAP Rocky took to the Instagram this week to reveal that Rihanna is pregnant. Now, if any of you guys are real Rihanna fans like I am, child, these accusations come up around this time of the year uh, for the last five years. Uh, first of all, Rihanna and I share the same birthday. So that's my Pisces twin. And you know, yeah. she like me in the wintertime. We like to eat. So we be gaining weight. So like, you know, there are yeah. always claims that Rihanna is pregnant around this time. And uh, she always has a witty clap back saying like, I'm just eating, uh, not pregnant. <laughs> but she actually is uh, pregnant. I miss reckless Twitter days, Rihanna, man. She was crazy on this yes. app. Yo, I will never forget when I think it was, I think it was speaking of the Kardashians, I think it was uh what's her face? Uh Kendall Jenner like tweeted something like, Oh, 
if if Rihanna doesn't perform complicated tonight, then I'm gonna cry. And Rihanna said, then don't come. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Or I love when like the Navy will uh anything that she posts, like, where is the album? And she and she be clapping back like I don't even know what she'd be clapping back with, but she'd be clapping she, back. Somebody, somebody, she responded to one of the comments on her Instagram back in uh, in uh, in 2018. They were like, when's the album coming out? She was like, 2019. So everybody like, lost their mind. Mm. And then she dropped the photo album. <laughs> <laughs> Rihanna is nothing short of amazing. Uh, she definitely is a living icon. Uh for someone to have literally like feel like I've like I feel like me and Rihanna are around the same age. She came out, loved her. She definitely went through her fair shares of relationship troubles at a young age, but she was able to turn it around to become not only this music icon, but you know, I think they said Fenty is worth a billion dollars. Like, you know. Yeah, she's out here doing the thing and like you know what is it to have all the money in the world if you can't share it with someone um, or like you know like have a child so like for her to have a child uh, I've read reports that after the baby is born her and ASAP Rocky are planning to get uh, married in Barbados uh, her native home and yeah I'm just happy for Riri I mean I do want the album because I think the last album we got was Auntie and it was fire it's five years ago yeah, to this no. month, I think. I think work came out. No, didn't the album drop like a week after work came out? Work, 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 work. Is yeah, it so it's, ma- it's, uh, it's coming up. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that dropped winter of 2016. Anta Rihanna. Yep, release on. Release on. Give me the date. Shit. Uh, oh. oh, January. January 28th, 2016. So. It's been a, it's been five years. It's been a long no six years. Six. <laughs> she said that she was working on a new album, a new feel. So like, I mean, who knows? She this- did, and then there was a bunch of pictures of her leaving the studio with ASAP Rocky, and then she posted a picture of herself in the studio. Like, mm-hmm. so she was doing something. So I think I think that there is work there. I just don't. I I, I don't feel like know. It, it's it might be coming to a halt. She, I mean, you know what? You, she might still release the album. She doesn't have to tour. People I mean, are going to eat that album up, regardless of whether or not there is some big sort of promotion for it. Regardless of whether or not she starts a, a worldwide tour after that, people are going to eat that album up. So she could still release it if she wanted, if she really wanted to. I mean, you know, yeah, and I mean, yeah, but I mean, and who's going on a world tour? Who's going on a exactly? It's COVID, tour, like, like you know. So I mean, yeah, people. So. At the end of the day, I just want Riri to be happy. Me so too. you know, I'm happy for her. I do. I do want one more album. Though. Like even if it's the last thing that she ever gives us, I just feel like because I just feel like there is just I just need I, need, I just need it for like my for my generation. You know what oh, I mean? I just okay. need it for like my soul oh. because you know all of the all of the all of the pop queens of my time. Not that I'm like super old, but I'm just saying like all the ones that I grew up with, like in high school and stuff like that, they're kind of on their way out. You know what I mean? Like Beyonce is going to be here forever. She's always going to be the queen bee no matter what. But the rest of these girls like Rihanna, Katy Perry, even Taylor Swift to some extent, Lady Gaga, like they are all sort of like moving on to different parts of their lives. And now all these new girls, you got your Billie Eilish, you got your Olivia Rodriguez, all these new girls are coming up. You know what I mean? And I feel like I just need one more smash hit from mm. 
from Rihanna to just like remind these hoes, don't forget about me. You know what I mean? Because we haven't. We haven't. Yeah, I mean, listen, I agree, but you know what album and what group I am waiting patiently for. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to go down that and road. I think, I think you're going to get it. I think we're going to get it. I, <sighs> I, I feel it in my Shondos. I'm just, you know, you know, so I, so I empathize with you and like wanting that, like that old thing back. And so, you know, for me, it's Destiny's Child. Um, And then, so yeah, that's the last topic. Did you want to just give a quick little celebrity big brother rundown? Oh yeah. Real, 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 real. Quick. Yeah, let's make it, let's, let's make it quick. Uh, so yeah. I, my pants. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so Celebrity Big Brother premiered back on the second. Um, they have been in the house, however, for I think as of today, it's been eleven days. They moved in a week before the second. Um, and of course, before the cast came out, there was like this tweet that went viral. I don't know why this one in particular went viral. I guess whoever made that fake tweet just had like their finger on the pulse of who the public wanted in the house. It had Tiffany Pollard on there. It had yeah. Nene Leakes. Nene it had Leakes. Shangela. It had it had just Boston a bunch Rob. of people. Boston Rob. Just a just a, a a crap ton of people on there. And they only got Todrick Hall right. Okay, so <laughs> it was a fake list, but I digress. The cast consists of who do we got? I mean, I got Shayna Mokler. We got Mariah Nagasu. We got Cynthia uh, what's Bailey. Cynthia Bailey. We got Todrick Hall. We got Chris Kattan. We got Chris Kirkpatrick. We got Lamar Odom. We got Teddy Mellencamp, John Mellencamp's daughter. We got, who am I forgetting? Uh, we got Todd Bridges on there. We got just, you know, a bunch of people that you wouldn't necessarily think of when you think of celebrity, but they're all celebrities in their own right. And it's been a pretty great season thus far, guys. We missed a lot. Um, the live things were supposed to start the day or the, um, the like, literally right after the premiere. But for whatever reason, we had a message saying, hey, we're actually going to have to push it back, wait till Friday. And then they surprised us on Thursday and said, actually, it's going to come on after Thursday's episode. So we've been having the live feeds for the first uh, couple of days. They've been pretty good. They are gay, Ming. Teddy Mellencamp was the first casualty after a pretty tumultuous week. We've, we've heard that Mariah Nagasu and Chris Kirkpatrick got into it. We heard that Teddy and Todd and, and Lamar got into it. Then we saw when the feeds came up, we saw Teddy and Todd were getting into it. Oh. It's, so it's been crazy. You learn that Chris Kirkpatrick had to leave the house because he got a false negative. So that's probably why the, the feeds got delayed. But now he's back and now he's HOH now. And he's so it's just been the they have been gaming, okay? Not everybody. There are a few people that don't know what's going on. Okay. Uh-huh. And they're in over their heads. But it, it just adds to the chaotic factor of the game. And it's been it's been a pretty good season thus far. I thought that they were going to deliver. I really did. I was like, who cares if they're not like the greatest celebrities? If anything, those types of celebrities have less to lose. So they can just go in that house and just be like, look, I'm here for the money. And they are. So it's been a pretty great season. Lamar has made headlines first for, you know, shouting out Khloe Kardashian and saying how much he misses her and how much he just, he just wishes that he could take back everything and this and the third. And then he makes head, makes headlines the following day shitting the bed Uh (laughs) eating whatever the hell he's eating so it's been it's been a a very very uh very good season thus far we got another episode coming out tonight um we got another and it's sped up too because the finale is on the 23rd the day before my birthday hey and they are um 
they're having an addiction twice a week. So every Friday and every Monday, someone leaves the house, which just, you know, makes the game so much quicker and people are just, you know, moving faster. So it, it's been pretty good. So if you have not been checking out Celebrity Big Brother, definitely check it out. I was just on the morning update with Taryn um, earlier today, and uh, it was it was a great time as always. So, yeah, check out Celebrity Big Brother 3. They are delivering um, very good feeds so far. Yes. Well, listen, that is going to conclude this week's Casual Tea. We will be back soon. Thank you again, Aman. You know, keep us updated on uh, love for the love of Aman. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're here for it. But yes. Aman of love. Aman of love. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. Okay. We won't listen. Come on. We about to produce a TV show. But listen, guys, thank you again. Love to hear your comments and feedback on this week's casual tea. And guess what? This is your casual tea. Tea. That is casual. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Bob's got a message. Bob's got a message. Bob's got a message for you. Bob's got a message for you. Oh, and I hope it comes true. Hi, this is Miss Barb. And in honor of February being Black History Month, I would like to share with you the history of a few black female inventors and their inventions. Yes, I am presenting African-American women, but we all know that there are many amazing African-American male inventors. Marie Van Britten Brown. She was a New York City resident and a full-time nurse. And she created an early version of the modern home security system. Now there's Dr. Patricia Bath 
who became the first female African-American medical doctor to receive a medical patent when she invented a laser cataract treatment device called a laser FACO probe in 1986. She was also the first African-American to complete a residency in ophthalmology. In 1892, Sarah Boone patented a design improvement to McCoy's ironing board. Thank you, Sarah. You know, I really love ironing. (laughs) Joke, guys. And Alice H. Parker patented the central heating furnace design in December of 1919, which made use of natural gas for the first time to keep our homes warm. Again, I am so very proud to be able to share the accomplishments of just a few of our female African-American inventors to all. Love you. Who's the freak? Who's the freak? Who's the freak of the week? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that freaky, freaky freak? Who's the freak of the week? Might be me, might be you, might be And we are on to this week's Freak of the Week. Like I said last week, all during the month of February, I will be highlighting some black historical figures that may not be as a household name as some of the other black historical figures, you know, and inventors, uh, entrepreneurs. You know, I want to just spread a little bit more knowledge for the people. And this week, I'd like, first of all, I know y'all know about Stacey Abrams, okay? And what she doing down there in Georgia is remarkable. But listen, let me tell you about a Fannie Lou Hamer. She was an American voting and women's rights activist, community organizer, and leader in the civil rights movement. She was the founder and vice chair of the Freedom Democratic Party. She represented at the 1964 Democratic National Convention. Hamer also organized Mississippi's Freedom Summer, along with the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, other known as SNCC. She also co-founded the National Women's Political Caucus, an organization created to recruit train and support women of all races who wish to seek election to government office. I know that's right, Miss Fanny. Fanny began civil rights activism in 1962, continuing until her health declined nine years later. She was known for her use of spiritual hymns and quotes of her resilience in leading the civil rights movement for black women in Mississippi. She was extorted, threatened, harassed, shot at and assaulted by racists, including members of the police, while trying to register for and exercise her right to vote. She later helped encourage 
thousands of African Americans in Mississippi to become registered voters and helped hundreds of disenfranchised people in her area through her work program like the Freedom Farm Corporation. She unsuccessfully ran for the U.S. Senate in 1964 and the Mississippi State Senate in 1971. In 1970, she led legal action against the government of Sunflower County in Mississippi for continued illegal segregation. Fannie died on March 14th, 1977, at the very young age of 59 in Mississippi. Her memorial service was widely attended and her eulogy was delivered by the U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations, Andrew Young. She was posthumously inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame in 1993. And in 2021, she is the freak of the week. We salute you, Fannie. Fannie Lou Hamer for all the work that you have done and the work that you have you laid the groundwork for things that are still going on this very day. And when we talk about voter suppression rights and just different things like that, they are going on in 2021. And my girl Fannie was out there trying to organize, trying to get black people in Mississippi Register to vote, to exercise their right to vote and why it's so important for me as a young black queer person that every election, not just the presidential election, that every election uh, that comes up that I try to do my research and I try to ensure that I exercise my rights because of people like Fannie Lou Hamer. Do yourself some research. Look this queen up and spread the word. Ask somebody do they know about Fannie. And if Fannie Lou Hamer is the freak of the week, that means we are coming to an end of another amazing episode. Thank you so much for listening and supporting like you always do. You know your baby boy appreciates it. If you have not already though, please make sure you are subscribed to the Purple Pants Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, wherever it is that you get your podcasts from. We are there. Hit subscribe, write a review, give your baby boy some five stars, and don't forget to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend, and that is space and time. Cause it's a, it's a, it's a, it's the purple pants, it's the purple pants, it's the purple pants podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the purple pants podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. It's the purple pants podcast. You're trying to unwind, you better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack. You better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. 
Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.